When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, this is Adam and welcome to 59 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. I am flying solo today because Jill is off gallivanting in Boston and Salem in the middle of October where it's beautiful and there's fall foliage everywhere. She's not actually gallivanting, she's there for work, but I'm jealous nonetheless. So you just have me today and I was joined by Christina and then Andrea and we talked about some young adult horror books that they enjoy and then we also talked about some of our own Halloween plans and even gave you some cheesy scary movies if you're interested in taking a look at those while you're uh, taking a break from the books that you're reading. Uh, Yeah we had a lot of fun. I'm really good friends with both of them so we kind of goofed off a little bit but I think you guys will definitely enjoy it. If you want to contact Jill and I you can email feedback at overdrive.com Uh, We read all of those, as we mentioned, every single episode. We also respond to as many as possible. And again, uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Daryl who reached out to us and came up with the horror idea. So that's why you're going to get a couple horror episodes during October. So we do listen, and we also, if you have any wonderful ideas, we're happy to implement them in the show. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, if you wouldn't mind giving us a rating in iTunes, uh, that kind of bumps us up so more people can discover the goodness, which is always nice. You can also go to overdrive.com and see all the lists that we talk about, all the books that we mentioned. You can also see that in the information page for this particular title. So if you just look up, or in this particular podcast, rather. So if you just look in the information and the details on this episode, you'll see all the books that we talk about with links to overdrive.com. Also, do want to give Jill a shout out while you're at overdrive.com. She made a list of Westworld read-alikes, so I know that's very buzzy right now. And she is obsessed with it, won't stop talking to me about how the fact that I have to get on that Westworld train as well. So she made a really nice list of books to read if you're a fan of that HBO series, Westworld. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, all that good stuff. Feel free to drop us a line anytime you want to chat. So, all right, that's it. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Adam, and today I was going to be joined by two people, but instead I'm just joined by my best friend in the entire... Me! (laughs) In the the office, it's Christina. And the world. And the world. She's my best friend in the world and in the office. Hi. We've mentioned many times we're real life friends. We are, in fact. He was in my wedding. I was in your wedding, and you just recently went on a girls trip with my wife to Chicago. Hello, Alex. Hi. Hi, Linda. Hello. (laughs) And if... She sniffles a lot during this. It's because she got sick during that. I did. So I'm did sorry. Life. So, I have a head cold. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we are going to be talking about young adult horror books. That is hard to say all in one. Young adult horror. Young adult horror. And the reason why we're doing this, you're reading a scary book right now. Mm-hmm. Which one are you reading? The Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Which it, isn't young adult. but No. But if you're young and an adult, you could read it. Absolutely. Um, so that was one reason, and then also the other reason is our significant others, Alex and Scott, they are obsessed with horror movies. Yes. And you and I both sort no. of endure them. I Just... never liked them to begin with. When we yeah. started dating, Scott was like, you need to get on board this train, and I've just never gotten off. There's so few that I actually enjoy. Um, not only do neither of us really like them, uh, I hate found footage horror movies so much and your husband like actively seeks them out when we're in a group if it's found footage and there's an alien in it it's like a plus peak of the horror film franchise he wants to see it and the worse ratings they have on netflix i feel like the more likely he's gonna pick them one star two stars we just watched one last week that was so bad but here's the thing they're so bad but i finished them like we watch them from beginning to end because scott's always so hopeful that maybe it'll get better and it just it doesn't and because they're not books, they're movies, we can tell, we can say the names of which ones we hated. Yes. The the dummy one. 
Yeah, so there's one called Dead Silence. We're just going to give you guys some um, bad horror movie recommendations, too. Dead Silence is one with a mummy. No, dummy. Dummy, dummy, sorry. Like a... I have seen one with a mummy, though, so just, you know. Yeah, of course you have. So there's Dead Silence. There uh, was The Fields. Which stars Tara Reid, so yeah. that should give you just a real quick... It's not great. It's, it's like Sharknado without the sharks or the natos or the... the or any really, like, any sort of resolve. It just says Tara The Reed. fields are haunted. Yeah. Then we tried to watch Ink. Which has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. still, but five years later. But and others hated it and made fun of us. Um, the only one I think we've all ever really liked that it's become like a cult classic for us is Grave Encounters. Yes, that was so good. Which has a second one. I can't recommend that one <laughs> highly enough. It's uh, it's weird. It's a movie that you don't want to end, but at the same time wish was over because it's so scary. It's so scary. It was so good, though. Yeah. Highly recommended. Yeah. Gave me nightmares, but yeah. all of them do, so. Yeah, anyway, we, we can talk about books, I suppose, too. Suppose, okay. Um, so, actually, the first books I remember ever reading more than like one of when I was a kid was the Goosebumps books and those are obviously very scary um well looking back maybe they're not as scary. no they're still terrifying okay they're still terrifying but, say cheese and die yeah uh oh actually I was gonna ask you do you have a favorite Goosebumps from when you were a kid well so here's the thing I really wanted to fit in so I read the Goosebumps books mm-hmm. my mom bought them for me um I was checking them out from the library then that year for Christmas my mom bought me like the whole set and um I had nightmares like, really significantly bad ones, and my mom actually had to, like, like forebode me from reading them. For, for it was foreboden. Um, the one that scared me the most, and there's a theme here, The Night of the Living Dummy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't actually have a dummy, so, like, there's no reason for me to be as terrified as I was, yeah. but for I, like, locked my closet door. Mm-hmm. Because in my young mind, I thought there was a dummy living in it, and yeah. that was when my mom was like, no more, I'm done with this. So, uh, you read, you know, My House on the Prayer or something. Any of the ones that involved a house, I was usually pretty creeped out by. Because as a little kid, you're like, oh, my house is the safest place. So um, I actually pulled some up here. Uh, Welcome to Dead House. I remember being creepy. Stay out of the basement. Stay out of the basement. Yes, that one was scary. I didn't have a basement, and I was thankful because (laughs) I didn't have a basement. I didn't have to worry about it. Um, I was obviously scared of all the ones that involved dummies and and masks and stuff because I hated that stuff as a little kid and still now today. Um, And then... A Night in Terror Tower was really creepy. Um, that one was in London. Um, but then there was some that were, like, cheesy, like the Abominable Snowman of Pasadena. <laughs> the Shrunken Head one. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. That um, one was pretty cheesy. But it was the cover was really scary. I remember thinking this, the cover was, like, horrible. Yeah, and I remember by Oh, and then anyone with a ghost in an old house. So, like, the Headless Ghost. Oh, yeah. My, looking back, Arl Stein really just was to the point with the names of these. <laughs> Beware. The snowman. You know exactly what you're getting into. Good for him. Monster Blood 5. I bet it's the fifth Monster Blood. I bet that is. Yeah. Monster Blood. Um, but those were the first ones I remember reading. And so because of that, I think I've kind of always enjoyed horror. There's something about being scared. Yeah. Especially with a book. Because like with a movie... You can close your eyes. You can close your eyes and you can miss some of it. But to get to the book, you have, have to, to read, read all of it. Yeah. So I only have a few... Um, and Andrea is going to be on later when she, she was supposed to be with us, but as she mentioned last time, she's very pregnant, and so her baby got her sick. Quinn today. was like, "Sorry, yeah, Mom, time to go home." Yeah, so she went home. So the, after you and I talk, I'm going to talk to her. Uh, she's probably later. got a couple. We're going to probably cross reference here. What you guys? Um, but I will let you. I'll give you the floor if you want to start chatting about a few years, and I'll chime in here and there. I've got All right. some. I got a couple. So um, what's interesting about this genre is it kind of encompasses a lot because. It's not, it's so horror itself, it doesn't always just mean, like, scare you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be this sort of, like, aspect of fear, science fiction sometimes, sometimes supernatural. So there's a lot here. So when I name these, keep in mind that they're not all scary. Some are more creepy. Some just might have a creepy, creepy aspect, but okay. And I do want to point out, and we mentioned this before, and it's in the title of this podcast, but these are young adult. We had a different episode that is adult. So if you're sitting here listening to us talk and you're like, they're literally only talking about books that are for, like, teenagers. Yeah, what, whatever. We still read those. So, anyway. Yes, obviously. Now, proceed. So, the first one I'm going to talk about is Anna Dressed in Blood by Kendra Blake. Uh, read this one two years ago, three years ago. I can't really remember. Uh, about a male? From a male's perspective. About a male. About a male. So, he is, he's a killer of the dead, which, I know, what does that mean? Um, he has a, a mother who is a witch, and he also has a cat who can sniff out spirits, which, amazing. Yeah. Um, 
Anna is a spirit that he is coming to essentially vanquish. Uh, she haunts an old Victorian home where she was murdered in 1958. And uh, she's killed every person that has dared enter her home, with the exception of Cass. Cass. I don't really want to say his name. Cass. We'll say Cass. Spell it. C-A-S. Cass. 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 Okay. So she spares him, and that then kind of is how the story sort of starts. Mm-hmm. So there was this, like, kind of, like, underlying romance. Like, why was Anna murdered? Like, what, how did the curse get started? But there's ghosts, too. And so there are parts of it that are really creepy because, he, obviously, it's, like, the old, like, houses are haunted. And you know there's a ghost and you know um, that bad things happen. He's killed ghosts before. She's literally dressed in blood. She's wearing a white dress covered in blood because it was the last outfit that she wore before she was murdered. Ghosts get a bad rap, man. They're never allowed to change. Nope. That feels like... I'm going to make a, a ghost story where, like, they have the peak fashion. We're like, <laughs> are you sure you're dead? Because those are some fresh threads you got. Yeah. And it's also, like, that sucks. Because, like, if I got killed today, at least I'm wearing, like, a really fashionable outfit. Yeah. But, like, Monday, oof, forever <laughs> in that outfit would have been terrible. Actually, I think I would want to get the Casper treatment where you don't you don't resemble a human anymore. You're just an adorable <laughs> little cartoon. <laughs> Like, like, oh, man, it sucks that I'm dead, but, like, look at, look then at me. What if you're trying to be frightening? What if you're haunting a house and they're like, God, you look yeah. like a Stay Puft Marshmallow well, man. Well, he was I'm Casper. The, <laughs> he was Casper the Friendly Ghost, though, so I guess that makes true. sense. Anyway. Um, so that's that one. Very good. I believe there is a sequel. Actually, I know there is. It's called Girl of Nightmares. So a lot of these are uh, going to be serious as YA mm-hmm. tends to be. Mm-hmm. The next one, of course, could not have this podcast and not mention Don Katurgic. Yeah. Uh, the Dead House. Oh, I'm reading it now it's so good. amongst my other things, and it oh, it's so good. She just the way she writes her books, like they're not a normal book. It's no, just so good. I uh, would equate this one especially to like found footage mm-hmm. because it has a lot of uh, you know narrative style told through diary entries, transcripts. There's notes. Like you're kind of discovering things as the reader. It, it's so good, and it, it's really scary. I was frightened by I, it. I might have brought this up previously, but I want to ask her, and I can, because we're friends. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dawn. Um, we're not yet, but <laughs> working on it. I, so there's parts in the book that are redacted. I want to know, like, did she write those parts and then be like, I'm going to take this part out and, and black it out. I want to know if those things are written down somewhere. This one reminded me of um, House of Leaves, mm-hmm. which I love, which I can't, like, not talk about it in horror. I know it's only available in print, and it's very kind of, That's like, okay. People should still read it. Still it's... read print, guys. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's really confusing, and it's amazing, and it's a, dis- a descent into madness, much like the Dead House is. You just, you don't know anything. You can't trust anyone. I love that kind of... Mm-hmm. That's, like, my favorite horror writing. When yeah. you... It's a slow build. I don't like when it's, like, in your face, like, mm-hmm. over the top. It's more when you're, like, I'm unsettled, and then you find something out, and you're, like, God, I can't believe this, so... Yeah. Um, next one, uh, The Forest of Hands and Teeth by Carrie Ryan. Ooh, that's a good name. I know. That's actually why I read it. I saw the title, and I was like, yes, Finn. Um, it's the idea of the world behind the fence. So there's this kind of small village city space that's like surrounded by this fence and you're not allowed to go outside the fence like stardust yes exactly and it's that same idea like if you're gonna put someone in a position and tell them they can't go somewhere all kids are familiar with this we all had places we weren't supposed to go so of course you're right entranced by it you want to know so it's kind of the premise of the story um the suspense is really good there's zombies so obviously i'm in for that um it's kind of governed by this community with sort of a religious like fervor very backwoods kind of mm-hmm. style uh only thing is is i kind of hated the main character <laughs> like i feel bad about it because she was an idiot the only like it, it's just i love the idea of it and the fact like how the city was run like that part was all done really really well but she's kind of stupid to the point where like it made me feel good because i was like oh i wouldn't do that if i was ever in this situation yeah. so i feel more prepared for a zombie apocalypse than i was before after reading this but <laughs> this is a huge point of contention in all of our friendly conversations, like, outside of work, zombie apocalypse is something that comes up so often. More than most yeah. things that I talk about. Yeah, you really are very concerned. One of my favorite things about you is anytime you sit down somewhere, you're always aware of where the exit is. Like, the, like multiple ways to get out of wherever you're at. It's like an anxiety thing. It's, you know, cute and endear- endearing. I love that you're calling yourself cute and endearing. Like, you know, you're, you're both of those things, so that's fine. I just want to make sure, I, like, right now. Two ways to exit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, one of them would involve breaking glass. 
but I believe in you. Thanks. More I importantly, in the zombie apocalypse, just get a bike. Get a bicycle. Problem right? solved. But then it's like, also, there's two different kinds of zombies. There's fast zombies, and then there's slow zombies. No, there's slow zombies, and then there's World War Z, the but movie. I'm thinking, like, what would you, what would be worse? Like, everyone's always like, well, well, of course, fast zombies would be worse, but those aren't the ones that are... You gotta think that their accuracy is really bad. Like, they're dead. <laughs> So, like, they're really fast, but, like, are they going to catch you because they might zip past you and not see you? I just feel like a bicycle is really still, like... Well, yeah. Just do some cardio and get a bicycle. Start training now, everyone. Yeah. Anyway, we've... That's a a little bit of a derail, but not so bad. But I could not mention zombies. I love zombies. Right, yeah, Um, of course. The next one I have on my list is Asylum by Madeline Rue. Apologies if I butchered any of your names. We all all do that. It's okay. Um, so this one is another one with a male perspective. Uh, it's really perfect for the genre. It takes place in, you guessed it, an asylum. What? And the coolest thing about this one is it comes with pictures. Oh. Like found pictures. Oh, sort of like, um, Miss Peregrine. Yes. Like, so, and I found out that actually the photos in this book are pictures of real abandoned asylums. Oh. Allegedly, you know. Um, and some people, I was noticing when I was preparing for this that a lot of people have been, like, really harsh about this book, like, in the reviews. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it, because it's like, it's like when you go to watch a horror movie, like, they're not going to win an Oscar. No. Like, you know what you're up for. Like, this isn't going to be some, like, great narrative and, like, strong characters and, like, strong prose. Like, it's a horror book. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to be scared, and that's what you're signed up for. So, like, people, chill. Um, but, I love how you both... Sort of trashed the genre we're talking about and the people who read it at the same time. No, I mean, like, people who go into this genre wanting to review... I mean, be, you know, kinder in your reviews. I thought Asylum was good, but I was just looking through on Goodreads and it got trashed, but I I liked it. Okay. Well, I'm not... I mean, I haven't read it, so I'm not going to tell you one way or the other. Well, it's about an asylum. I... With pictures. Essentially, if I could... Like, the brief summary of this book is about an asylum and there's pictures. But I enjoyed it. I, so, and honestly, that either will tell someone they want to read it or they don't. Like, me personally, that idea gives me, like, I'm uncomfortable just thinking about it right now. So, I probably wouldn't want to read it because I don't want to see that. I don't want to envision it. I'm a baby, I think. Yeah, I right. like scary books and I like being scared. But there's some things I'm just a wuss about. Yeah, I don't like to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So, that's where, where you I You wake up at. your husband. I do. Yeah. I'm like, can you wake up just so, like, in case I die on my way yeah. there? My wife and I would both, like, if, if she woke up and she's like... Sweetie, I'm, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Can you, like, walk me? I'm like, no. Oh, no, he doesn't walk me. I just have to yell to him while he's still awake. Oh, well, that's, uh, yeah, that would, there's anything he could do for sure from the, he's definitely asleep. <laughs> I'm being attacked. Come, the second no. you leave the room, he's definitely asleep. Oh, yeah, asleep no. Again. I mean, I'm, if anything were to attack me in that hallway, like, forget it. I'm, yeah. I'm done for. Okay, so, um, speaking of uh, the genre and how some people <laughs> speaking can. Speaking of going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Speaking of, you know, nighttime terrors and how people can be a little harsh on the genre. I'm, I'm about to do that, but. I, the coldest girl in Cold Town, title alone, amazing. She sounds very cold. Yeah, by Holly Black. Um, in this story, so uh, monsters are real, and they're quarantined and they're mingling together with you, mm-hmm. the humans. Like Zootopia. Yeah, basic sort of. Not like Zootopia. Not at, at all. all. But great movie. I just love Zootopia. Great film. Um, so our hero, hero's name is Tana, which in all of YA, of course, her name That's, is Tana. Uh huh. Yeah. And she uh, goes to a party. And wakes up in the bathtub, surrounded by dead bodies. Ugh. And just, from there on out, just does every wrong thing one can in wow. this situation. Uh, so she wakes up, and there are two people alive, seemingly. One happens to be her ex-boyfriend, who is now a vampire. So the vampirism is, like, accepted. It's the infection. Kind of like Charlene Harris's Southern uh, Vampire Mysteries. Like, it's now grown like there's celebrities who are vampire all this stuff mm-hmm. is happening um anyway so there's a love triangle and uh this is just it's no good it's i don't like the love triangle i love you the idea <laughs> i love the idea of the story i love that vampires are accepted i love that they're mingling with people but then the characters are just ugh. <laughs> and this i would equate this main character to like Worse than Bella Swan in terms of, like, inaction. Oh, no. Like, just... I don't know. Anyway, it's it's a good book, and the idea is good. It's just... I don't know. Read it because the love triangle is actually not that bad in terms of, like, how it's established, and it, the characters are... Okay. It's just... 
don't do what this girl does if you're ever in this situation because it's just every single it's like maybe don't go like hurtling towards death maybe mm-hmm. just like stop and think about it yeah, and there are people who are like next to her being like don't do that that's a bad idea i would hope that if the situation should vampires be near i would listen to them that's not a bad idea to listen thanks it's probably smart but not not tana yeah. tana 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 yeah. I, have, I have a couple go okay uh, so the first one is The Monstrumologist by Rick Yancey, who is well known for The Fifth Wave, I think, right? No, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Rick Yancey, Fifth Wave. Um, I'm just going to confirm that really quick because I hate when I get things wrong for people. Yeah, Fifth Wave. He wrote The Fifth Wave stuff. So The Monstrumologist, it's young adult horror, obviously, and it's about a guy who is a doctor... Um, but he's like an, how can I describe it? Like an anthropologist, but it's for monsters. So it's like cryptozoology. So if like all these ridiculous monsters were real, um, what's that? He would study them. Yeah, he studies them. So if someone comes and gives him like a dead body that is not human, like he's the guy to go to and he like examines them and studies them. And then he goes and he fights them it's kind of like a mix of what i'm assuming the new harry potter the fantastic beasts would be like if you mixed it with um van helsing kind of like that sort of thing like he keeps all of these monsters like what kind of monsters are we talking um so the one that's this is a uh it's a series and the one that's in the first one that's in the first book the monstermologist i'm gonna read this because i want to make sure i get it right I'm not going to get it right anyway. The Anthropophagus, I believe it's called. Oh, uh, yes, the Anthropophagus. Oh, uh, yes, of course. Of yes, course, yes, yes, yes. Basically, they find a girl a girl who was dead. Her grave got, like, dug up, and they the guy who was digging up the grave to, like, be a grave robber found this girl who had, like, half her face missing, and, like, her throat was torn out. And so this grave robber brings this body to the, the monstrumologist, and he's like, uh... What what's, what, has happened what is here? happening? So it's really good. It's he basically kind of travels all around the world, um, stopping these things, and he has like a a little sidekick with him that's kind of, um, like you would see in uh, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, like Indiana yeah. Jones kind of a thing. Um, but the characters are kind of like Dickensian. It's sort of old timey. It's the, I could use a lot of different things to describe it, but it's really good. I would definitely recommend it. For it's like people. Law and Order. Yeah, dun dun. dun dun. That's not is that Law and Order? That's, yeah. Yeah, no, dun dun. Anyway, um, I also have two by Neil Gaiman. Um, one is Coraline. Yeah, yes, sorry. but yes. that's not really technically horror. But the mm-hmm. idea of your parents being someone different, creepy and unsettling, creepy and unsettling, sure. and also the button eyes thing. I'm a grown woman, and I saw the movie in Night Nightmares. Yeah. So. so if you've never seen or read Coraline, first off, what are you doing? Come on, read Coraline. <laughs> Neil Gaiman's so good. Um, no, it's about this girl who uh, she. Her family moves to a new flat because she's in England. And um, thank you for adding the accent Eng- to England. England. Uh, <laughs> oh, so yes, England. I've heard of it. The flat has, um, there's it's like 21 windows and 14 doors. And um, it? yeah, 14 doors and 13 of them are locked. Sorry, 13 of them are open, one is locked. Uh, she finds a way to unlock it, and it's basically the exact same world she's living in, but slightly different. And her parents are slightly different. And she calls her mother the other mother, which is just, oh, and it creeps me out so much. Um, and slowly she realizes that they're they're evil. And it's very, very good. Um, the other one I didn't read when I was younger. I read when I was an adult, which is the Graveyard Book. Uh, yes. It won the Newbery Medal. Um, but basically, it starts with this family being murdered and a, the baby of the family, like, waddles out of the house, like, escapes <laughs> somehow and ends up in a local graveyard. And... the baby gets brought up by the ghosts of the graveyard and learns how to be like a mixture of alive and dead like can kind of bounce between worlds and hides in plain sight and the the murderer who's trying to kill his family is trying to come back and kill him and he has this really good like he's able to hide and it's it's great his name is bod short for nobody um, clever. Is, yeah. Clever, clever Neil. Good work. Yeah. Good job, Neil. We know you're listening. Um, but yeah, <laughs> those two, I love, obviously, I love Neil Gaiman. I've talked about that a lot. But if you're interested in kind of a young adult and also horror, the Graveyard book is really. And it, it is. It's really unsettling. I read 
it's so interesting with like horror. It's like what scares you might not scare someone else. Mm-hmm. And we're both huge babies, so sorry oh, yeah, if none are. of these are scary to you, but they scared all of us. Yeah. So. Well, and again, they're young adult. Um, and then the other one I've talked about it a few times, but Whistling Past the Graveyard. It's just a collection of short stories where it's like the a modern a modern version of uh, scary stories tell in the dark. Oh like, god, that book. Yeah. So that's that's a really good one. Um, it's basically the bad guys tend to win in like every short story, whether they're ghosts or actual bad guys. It, like no, there's no rhyme or reason to why they do the things they do, which is unsettling. So that also, one I really it's, it's a nice it's a it's a nice change of pace if you're looking for that because we always talk mm-hmm. about like when we talk about YA, like what would we like to see happen? So the 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 goodness of horror is that you don't know what's going to happen. It could be the bad guys win. The bad guys could be who you sympathize with. Yeah. Which leads me to my next story. Go on. So, okay. The story is called Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea mm-hmm. uh, by April Genevieve Tuchelok. I actually mentioned this in the podcast that we just recorded. Uh-huh. Um, and I talked about this one already. I made a note that I've talked about this That's one okay. already, so I'll be short. Um, it's gothic romance. <gasps> what? So, if you're not familiar with like Tennessee Williams then this book might not be for you because it gets kind of like oh god this is like so dreamy um and the the sweeping landscapes and the sea came in from the tide I just love if you're not familiar with Tennessee Williams what an amazing reference (laughs) no that's fantastic so it just has this like old southern classic sort of vibe and the devil has come to this small town where nothing happens his name is river mm-hmm. and he reminds me of like jay gatsby meets count dracula so like if i met him in real life i would sense that there's something wrong with him but you'd probably also be very like seduced by his you know ways and so what's awesome about this book so far i'm not finished it so bear with me but mm-hmm. what's awesome about it so far is that you as the reader the the main character violet who's falling in love with river the devil you know that she's making the wrong decisions, but because she's, like, under his thrall, she doesn't. So she's telling you why she's doing things, and you're like, no, don't do it. <laughs> Crazy person. But it, it's it's good so far, and I love the idiom of between the devil and the deep blue sea, which is, you know, meaning between, like, a rock and a hard place. Like, mm-hmm. you're in a bad situation no matter what you do. Yeah. And so far, that has remained to be seen. So I don't know what she's going to be pitted against, mm-hmm. but her brother in the story is this, like, really terrible, unlikable character. So if it's him, I'm going to be like, well, sorry. But so far, it's really good, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and a lot of people on Goodreads did, did too, so I'm hoping it, the ending isn't, like, you know, awful. Yes. Um, do you have another one? Um, I don't have – I want to – I'm going to save some so I can talk when Andrea also is oh, talking okay. with me. But right. do you have more if you want to keep I going? I have Blood and Salt by Kim Liggett. Uh, I liked this one a lot. Uh, It starts with this sort of uh, ominous message. The last thing this girl hears from her mother is, When you fall in love, you will carve out your heart and throw it into the deepest ocean. You will be all in blood and salt. Yeah. I know, right? So that's kind of... That's really good, yeah. um, That's kind of where it stops being good. No, I'm just kidding. So, no, it's good. So that's the last words. Uh, Ash's mother speaks to her, and then she disappears to this spiritual commune that she had escaped from before... And it's, they're in the city. I can't remember if they say what city or They're in some, like, nondescript big city. Mm-hmm. And then Ash has a dream. Her mother disappears. And then Ash has a dream that she's in some cornfield mm-hmm. in Kansas. So somehow they, like, figure out what cornfield in Kansas to <laughs> go to. Let's say that doesn't really narrow it down. Um, and then, so there, the community itself is very cult-like, which that is actually where the story shines. The cult-like aspect of the community is, like, really good. Again, very religious fervor. Mm-hmm. All of them are voting for Trump, probably. Oh, um, okay. And they were, like, very creepy in their backwards way of thinking. Uh, old farm, like, children of the corn sort of ask. Creepy. Oh, creepy little kids are creepy. Yeah, and, like, ominous messages just, like, everywhere she turns. And as it turns out, she's the chosen one that this cult has, like, handpicked for something. And it's it's that part's really creepy. The other parts of it, there's, like, kind of, there's some plot holes where it's, like, why this community, how did they know? Kansas kind of gets a bad rep in this book, so sorry, Kansas, if you're, you know, not really grateful. This, if the state of Kansas is listening yeah. together. So basically, it's, like, Kansas's cornfields is, like, the, the summation between these two characters, the, the main character, Ash, and her twin brother. But it's, it's really good, and, of course, there's, like, a love triangle. She is chosen in this community, and, like, you're assigned your soulmate. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she doesn't like her soulmate. She likes someone else. So it's like, you know. Okay. So it's, it's good. I liked it. Yeah. Um, that was the last one you had, right? I just said Hold Me Closer, Necromancer. So oh. I'll finish big with that one. Go ahead. 
because I have one more thing I want you to share before we stop recording. So go ahead and talk about that one first. Uh, Hold Me Closer, Necromancer by Lish McBride is uh, very much Shaun of the Dead. As, mm-hmm. So it's not scary, yeah. but it's horror-esque in the fact that he is a necromancer and he is like bringing back the dead, mm-hmm. raising the dead. Um, there's a really zany cast of characters. The main character's name is Sam, and then there's the head necromancer named Doug, and then there's like three characters, sub-characters, that work with him at this fast food joint. He's just kind of this like drifter college dropout who mm-hmm. just is thrust upon this necromancer role. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. Every chapter is an 80s song title. It's like, oh, that's Hold Me awesome. Closer, necro- obviously, no, yeah. Hold Me Closer, Time Dancer. And I would believe... If oh, you, how it feels so real. Continue. Song. That's basically prepare to have that song through your head, just like throughout the I actually live most of my life with Tiny Dancer. Oh, well then you're, you're ready. Head, you should so I should book. be reading this, yeah. Um, if you told me that Joss Whedon wrote this book using a pseudonym, uh-huh. I would believe it, because it very much reads like Buffy, and as you know, so I love... So I was going to say, so you love I love Buffy so much, yeah. but it was, it's it's so funny. Mm-hmm. I, like, kind of love Sam, too. Like, I have, like, a huge crush on him. He's, Aww. like, very nerdy and zany. Mm-hmm. I keep using zany, but I, I love that book. Read it. It's, it's so good. It's okay. so funny. That one I would definitely check out. All right, before we go with you, I want you to share with everyone, so you love Halloween. Yes. And you throw a pretty great party. Thank you. Can you please tell everyone, because there won't be any spoilers, because we'll just make sure our friends don't listen to this before Halloween. Can you share with everyone who's listening what your Halloween party is? Stranger Things. Yeah, but not even more specifically. At the Samics. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know that's your name. No, the, um... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, No, aren't you doing... You're doing the upside down, right? Right. So the garage where the party begins mm-hmm. is the entrance to the upside down so yeah. like it's gonna have you know all like the streamy like the, the gross like wall and stuff and then if you come towards the house the dining room will be where Eleven's uh like room was so it's very like sterile and then there's like the picture of her and her dad mm-hmm. and then our living room has the wallpaper with the lettering on it and the lights yep. and um and then I also bought, like, a fake hazmat suit. Not a fake hazmat. I mean, I probably could wear it if I needed to. But <laughs> in the zombie apocalypse. In the zombie apocalypse, I'm set. Um, I'm just going to, like, put that in the back corner, like, where the man just, like, died battling the, the Gorgon. So. The, the, uh, I believe it's the Demogorgon. Demogorgon, sorry. Uh, also, your husband and I may or not be both going as different versions, versions of Eleven. We're both males. Yes. That's okay. Um, I'm being Cookie Monster, just yeah. not for any other reason. I yeah. just want to eat cookies. Yeah, Cookie Monster, I think he's somewhere in the background of Stranger yes. Things. Yes, I'm just going to be looming, just waiting yeah. for people to see me, so it'll be it'll be scary. Yeah. My wife's going as Dustin, who's the best character of all time. <laughs> he is the best time. character of all time. Yeah. Fact. So, I just, your Halloween party is one of my favorite things we do all year, so... I wanted to Thanks. Share Shout out, guys. I'm really excited. Yeah. You post a lot of pictures. Um, Not that you guys will see it, but... So now you, in passing, just a moment ago, gave out your last names. People could probably just find it and just come join up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stranger Things at the Samix. Yeah. It's a closed event. Yeah. You know how to keep it. <laughs> right, is there anything you'd like to leave our um, listeners with for Halloween during this season or anything? Read The Haunting of Hill House if you really want to be, like, scared out of your pants. That book is terrifying. It's very slow, and, like, once the scare... I don't know. There, there's a movie that came out in the 90s, mm-hmm. and I thought it was scary. Yeah. But this is just far and away even scarier. Like, just, ugh. Okay. Nightmare-inducing. Perfect. All right. Well, buddy, thank you so much for chatting with me. You're a delight, and I adore you. Thank you so much. All right. Next up, we have Andrea, who is back in the office today. Are you feeling better now? I am. Still still very pregnant. Still very pregnant. But healthy, at least. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, originally I was going to have you and Christina at the same time, but we'll just do two separate conversations. Um, we went through with Christina. We got sidetracked a little bit. Talked about her Halloween party. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of <laughs> shared with our listeners where it's at, which I think is hysterical. Um, so, are they all going to show up at her house? I hope so. All right. It's not my responsibility. If we'll they be do. there. Yeah. So will I. Um, let's start with this. Do you remember the first kind of YA or even like younger horror books that you read? I, I started asking Christina her favorite Goosebumps book because that's like the standard for our age. I would say it was the scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are probably my earliest memories yeah. of Those are the other. Scary. I feel like it's either you read Goosebumps 
because those were kind of, I mean, they were spooky and creepy, but they were more lighthearted. And then there was scary stories that were like, you about to get scared, yo. See, my memory is that I would read them to my siblings who are five years younger than me. And I would do, like, the noises, and, like, when it says you're supposed to jump out at someone, I would jump out at them. Of and course then, you would. And then they had nightmares, and I got in trouble. But it was totally worth it. Do you remember? <laughs> have we talked about, like, what your favorite scary story was from those? I don't remember. We've I feel like we've casually talked about those books a few times. I don't... I remember some of... I feel like I need to reread them. But yeah, I mean, you should. I remember, like... There was the corpse bride. There was, like, the head in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. There was a thumb. Yeah. Something with a thumb. Yeah. The head in the fireplace. That was the one I think I talked about before. It first was a head, and then it was, like, or, like, the whole body came down. Yeah. Fireplace. It was, like, yeah. a really messed up Santa. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the presence <laughs> oh of the jolly. God, that's exactly what it is. It's <laughs> creepy. Um, okay. So, did you have a favorite Goosebumps book? Just to round out since I asked Christina. I didn't really read Goosebumps. That's okay. The only one I remember that I had that I read a couple times. It was like a tell-your-own-story. Yeah. Um, it was the peanut butter and jelly one. Ooh, okay. I remember the first one of those that R.L. Stein came out with. I want to say something about, like, Welcome to Horrorland or something. Mm-hmm. The very first choose-your-own-adventure book. And I didn't know those were a thing before that one. And I was like, not only is this a scary book, but I can choose the way that I get scared. This is crazy. I just remember, like, you could opt not to go into the basement of your aunt and uncle's house, mm-hmm. and then it, like, mocked you. It's like, no. Yeah, this is not what this book is. You're going in the basement. And go you, back. And you do the whole keep your finger on whatever page yeah. that you were on. You're like, no, 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 to into the conversation. So I know you have a, a big list. So I'll let you kind of go through them and I will just chime in here and there. So by so all I, means. I broke it up into two categories. Mm-hmm. There is the straight up horror creepy novels. Uh-huh. And then there's the, as I dub them, creature feature. I like it. So they're not scary, but they're Halloween folly kind of books you should be reading now. Okay. They have like ghosts and things in them, but they're not like. I like this a lot. So, I knew I could count on you. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So my straight up horror, the two I would most recommend, um, is Anna Dressed in Blood and Girl of Nightmares by Kendra Blake. Okay. Girl of Nightmares wasn't as creepy as Anna Dressed in Blood was. That's a um, really good title name, by the way. It is really good. And she's like a very bloody ghost. Oh. Um, so there's this character, Kaz, who can see ghosts and hunts mm-hmm. ghosts. And he goes to this small town in Canada. Okay. And there's this legend of this Anna girl in this, you know, decrepitated house. Uh-huh. And if you go in the house, she kills you. Very violently. Yeah, okay. Um, so just don't go in the house. Problem, problem you just don't go in the house and you're fine. But, you know, teenagers are like, oh, let's go in the yeah. house. Um, that book gave me straight up nightmares. Really? I woke up in the middle of the night convinced they were going to get me. Uh-huh. I don't know who they are. Right. Well, but they were going to get me. So I love... I love stories like this where it's if you do a certain thing, you're screwed. Because it always cracks me up that no one ever thinks the logically like, well, don't go in there. It's like the movie The Ring. When yeah. It was like, oh, don't. if you watch the video, you're done. You're gonna die. Don't well, watch the video. Well, don't watch the video. Right. Problem solved. Or or the she comes out of your TV. Un- unplug your TV. Yeah. I just I just solved your trilogy. Although there's the sequel that's coming out soon, and yeah. now she goes viral. Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Who would make that into a? Yeah, a, I don't know. A digital file. What monster? The same person who's like, I'm going to watch this. It's fine. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, so you would recommend that one highly? I would. Okay. Um, Girl of Nightmares was okay. The sequel. Just a... Oh, so, oh, so it was a sequel. Okay. Yeah, that was okay. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the ghost survives. <laughs> yes, I guess I'm, in a way. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, something I talked about with Christina last time. How come ghosts never get to change their clothes? That bums me out. That's a good question. Right? You, like, die and you're all muddy and disgusting. That's just what you wear for eternity. Yeah. It just feels like, a, like there should be a ghost retailer. Like, what if you died when you, like, you were, like, in a hospital gown? Like, that's now you're in a you hospital wear. gown for the rest of your yeah, life? Yeah, that's just what you wear. It's afterlife? Really, yeah, yeah, for the rest of your afterlife, yeah. It makes me sad. Poor ghosts. They get such a bad rap. They do. I guess. All right, what else you got? Um, There's The Fall by Bethany Griffin, which is a retelling of The House of Usher mm-hmm. by Edgar Allan Poe. that's a good one. And it starts off with the main... This is the first chapter. It's not a spoiler. Okay. Um, With her in a coffin. She wakes up in a coffin. Oh. Oh. Confined spaces are so creepy. And and then it it flashes back and forth between 
Yeah. Like, her growing up with her brother in this creepy, creepy house uh-huh. that's alive. Yeah. And, you know, through the growing up periods, and then we go back to her in the coffin and find out how she ended up buried alive in the coffin. Oh, I that is one of my nightmares, is yes. getting being buried alive. Also, I do love, I love and hate when books do that, when they'll bounce back and forth, where they'll mm-hmm. present you with an idea, like first chapter, this creepy thing, and you're like, oh, this isn't going to be solved till the end, and I got Yeah. But I mean, it keeps you reading. It's well, right. it's, and it's very suspenseful, because we go from like when they're 10, to when they're 17, mm-hmm. to when they're 5, to back to when they're 10, and yeah. so it really like jumps around, and you're like, I don't know what's happening, uh-huh. I'm officially creeped out, mm-hmm. but um, I need to keep reading, because this is also really, really good. And did you say who wrote that one? Bethany Griffin. Bethany Griffin, okay. She also wrote two other Poe retellings. Do you know what those are off the top of your head? Um, I know the, the retellings of The Mask of the Red Death. Ooh, that's it. Uh, that one's also really cool. And it takes place in, like, Victorian times, and there's, like, a plague going around. Yeah. The, see, The Mask of the Red Death, that one, it reminds me of Sweeney Todd, uh, just because it's the whole, like, you go to a party, and everyone's wearing masks, and you're not sure who's good and who's bad, and it, oh, man, just... Not knowing things creeps me out. So um, never going to masquerade ball. No, I think mask. Well, also first off, I this is I get this issue when I'm watching like, superhero movies. Like really, you can't recognize that person's body type and face. <laughs> like face, he just has a mask on. So I feel like at a masquerade, I'd still be like, "Oh, Andrea, that's you. I know because yes, you have a mask." a mask on but you have long dark hair and you still look like you i also don't think i'd get a mask that covers my whole face that seems very confining yeah yeah i agree i'd probably just do the eye thing yeah which then again if if i can't recognize you if your eyes are just covered like ninja ninja turtle style yes like they're just why do the ninja turtles have to wear masks they're still giant turtles anyway it's a ninja thing i know it just feels like oh whoa who are those people running around their eyes are covered they're also giant and green. And just <laughs> giant and green turtles. I've gotten sidetracked. Okay, keep going. Um, and the other two I will only brief on, talk about briefly, was The Dead House and, and The Trees Crept In. Whoa, who wrote Don, those? Uh, we haven't talked about those at all. Don Kurtagach. Kurtagach. Why can't anyone say Don's last name? I can't say anything. Don Kurtagach. You know I read once? I read once that people who pronounce words incorrectly learn them by reading, and you should not mock them. I'm not mocking you. I'm just, we've talked about Dawn, like, every other episode well, here. Well, I only call her Dawn. I don't call her by her first name. I don't go around calling people by their first name. I might have to Skype her after this and tell her that you can't say her last name. Well, maybe if she says it to me. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. She personally says, hi, Andrea. Yeah. In my very poor British <laughs> accent. That was, yeah, that was, that was just you saying, hi, Andrea. Without an accent at all. Sounding fancy. Yeah, we talked about her a lot, but yeah, Don Kurtaget, both of her books both are, those books are perfect for Halloween time. Very good. So those did you have other ones or were those the ones? Those were the scary, scary, creepy ones that will okay. give you nightmares that they are going oh, to give right. you. And then we have creature features. And then we have the creature features. So good. All right. So tell us some creature features. So some creature features. Um, there's In the Shadow of Blackbirds by Cat Winters. Yeah. Which deals with ghosts. And she was, that was a former big library title, yes, I was. believe. Yeah. It was. I, I like think that. that was my first big library title when I started here. And I'm like, well. It's perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect. I, that one is really good. I, confer, I can yeah. concur. So, yes. yeah, not scary. Yeah. But there's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely would. I would join you in your recommendation of that like one. That one. Um, there's the serial series um, called In Darkness We Must Abide by Rihanna and Freighter. It's very good. It's very old school vampires. Mm-hmm. So they're not sparkling. Yeah. They're not falling in love with anybody. Mm-hmm. They are straight up murdering people. Yes. Because they're vampires right. and that's what they do. Yeah. I will say, and I know that we're doing in a week a adult horror. But I, Dracula is one of my favorite books. And I love the idea of him. He's like the loneliest character in the history of I'm always, everyone always reads Dracula, like, oh, man, he sucks. He's so evil. And I'm just sitting there like, man, he's so lonely. He just wants a friend. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. Speaking of, did you see that you can stay in his castle? Oh, not only did I see that, I promoted it on our social media. And I also 100% submitted what I think will be a winning. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I wonder when you find out. Because it's like in a week that you're supposed to be there. I just kind of want to go up to my wife and be like, hey, Alex, we're going to go to Transylvania or Romania. So we, we can't go to Chris's Halloween party anymore because we'll be in Dracula's yeah, castle. Yeah, I think that that's an okay excuse. 
but yeah, you can, if you go to over to his Facebook page, you'll see it buried down there a little bit, but you can submit to Airbnb basically like what you would say to Dracula if you met him. And if you win, you win a night stay in Dracula's castle, like the actual place, which is crazy. <laughs> I hope I win. I'm saying. The only thing I could think of is if I ever saw him, I'd be like, no, <laughs> you. no, you shut up. Don't lie. You uh, stop it. Get out. Oh, Drax. What you talking about? I don't think those would be winning entries. Probably not. That's no. not very. You also shouldn't travel to Romania at this no. moment in your life. I don't think I should travel very far outside of Cleveland, no. let alone to Romania. Yeah, that's frowned upon. I'm also not allowed to fly anymore. So. That, exactly. Well, that, that was that, my, that, that, was, that was my main point was that part. So. And I don't think if I weren't in the condition I'm in, uh-huh. that I would go. Oh, it'd be so good. No. Okay, well, we're just going to agree to disagree. I will stay in a castle. It doesn't need, I would rather not it stay in Dracula's, Dracula's castle. castle. Oh, come on. Whatever. All right, next creature feature. You're going to wake up dead. Um, let's see. Through the Woods by Emily Carroll. Okay. Graphic novel. Um, so it's a very quick read. Mm-hmm. They were all kind of creepy. She kind of takes fairy tales and makes them real, really really real dark yeah and then like the last page was all about how they're gonna get you and i was like well <laughs> very cr- it's, it's uh-huh. just one of those things where you're like you're reading and you're like oh this is fine okay. and you get to the last page and you're like this is not okay yeah and, yeah. F- and fairy tale retellings are always good because people don't often realize how dark they are so those yeah. are good yeah she goes down like the grim line like the yeah. grim brothers would be like good job <laughs> Disney would be like, no, 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 They would just change it and then make seven movies out of it, and they'd all make a billion dollars. Yes. It's so okay. Next. Um, and the last one I've got is The Name of the Star by Maureen Johnson. Okay. That takes place in London now, and Jack the Ripper comes back. Ooh. So there's only, like, a small set of people who can see ghosts, and they're people who've had, like, near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. And Jack Ripper's ghost comes back and he starts killing people again. And they need to stop him. So the people who are trying to stop him can see him? They can see all ghosts. Okay. They can't find him. They can't find him. Right. But he's killing in the same manner of... Gotcha. So there's like a plethora of ghosts. Yes. Out there. I don't like that. Okay. Kind of like um, oh, Harry Potter. Nargles? Is that what they're called? The... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If only if you've had a near-death experience. All right. There we go. Got Harry Potter in the episode. Ooh, that was close. Um, so what are you... Are you reading any of these currently, or are you? What are you currently reading? What am I reading? Oh, I just started *The Female, the Species* by Mindy McGinnis, uh-huh. which is really good. Except a lot of the scenes take place in an animal shelter. Oh no! So as I'm, I'm currently listening to it, like oh. I'm like listening. I'm like I need to go home yeah. and like hug my dog. <laughs> and they're they're not like bad, gross, like yeah, abuse that's... scenes. It's just they're talking about like. They bring out the dogs, and they play with them, and they go back in, and then you're like... Yeah, I can't... I need to adopt all the dogs. I know. Anytime I see anything, any book that involves an animal, first off, I'm always nervous that they're going to use that as the emotional vehicle in the book, and they're going to mm-hmm. do something horrible to that animal, and as soon as I read those, I'm like, I need to go hug my puppies. Exactly. I love them so much. Yeah. And then I stop reading the book. Right, of course. Like, if an animal dies for, like, a plot point, mm-hmm. I stop. I could be... Two pages away from finishing, or yeah. maybe not two pages, but you know, like mm-hmm. three fourths of the way through. I'm like, well, I'm done. Have you ever read The Knife of Never Letting Go? Nope, but I won't. Don't. Nope. Just gonna leave it at that. Just don't. It has the saddest three word line in literature that I've ever yeah. read. So, um, awesome. Well, anything else you want to share with people about Halloween? Do, do you know what your costume is this I, year? I do. Do you want to? Do you I'm mind so sharing? Excited. I'm gonna go as Juno. <gasps> oh my god, that's, you kind of look like Juno actually a little bit. Thanks. Oh, that is! Oh my God, that's such a good one. So, a little backstory: <laughs> Joe and I have been together for seven years, uh-huh. and for seven years, I've been trying to get him to do a couple costume. And like, and I've come up with great couple costumes yeah. throughout the years. Like, really, like, Latin, like salt and pepper, mm-hmm. but you know, like Beetlejuice and Lydia, and like yeah. really like out there cool couple costumes. Yeah. And he always refuses. So when I told him I was going to be Juno, he's like, well, I guess I'll be Polly. And I was like, yes! That's amazing. It only took seven years and one pregnancy, <laughs> but I got it. And if I remember correctly, you do really, you you go all out for Halloween costumes, right? I do. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. Like Did, last year for Wednesday Adams, I spray painted, well, not spray paint, but like yeah. hair spray painted my hair black. Yeah. Okay. I do yeah, I remember yeah. this. Um, I already mentioned this with Christina, but did she tell you what 
I'm going as because Scott. Aren't you going as eleven? Yeah, Scott, her, Christina's husband, and myself are both going as two different versions of eleven. I'm actually like buzzing my hair for this. He already has a shaved head, so just saying, I'm going out more than he is. Really are committing. Yeah, I mean, I buzzed my head before, but it's just funnier for the for this. See, when we first became friends, you had a beard. Yeah. And then you shaved it, and Uh it freaked me out. I know, I'm sorry. And now you're going to, like, completely, like... Well, if it makes you feel any better, I will have a beard this winter again. It's my winter thing, because I'm a distance runner, and I want to be outside (laughs) with a beard covering my face. Now I'm just picturing you with a beard and shaved head in this. That might... Oh, that's a little... No, well, we'll see how fast the the beard and the hair grows on my head, and we'll see how it grow works. them all at the same time. Yeah, see how it, oh, then I just look kind of like a like a home. There was I there's a picture of me with shortish hair and a beard, and like I hadn't kept the beard very clean, and it makes me like I look like a homeless person. And Alex, <laughs> my wife, always laughs because she's like, "You, I look she's like she looks fantastic in it." And she's like, "I look like I'm married to just like a." huge fan of the Grateful Dead, which is totally fine if you if you love those types of bands. And she's like, you just look like you travel around with a band. And she I was should like, just yeah. cut you out of that picture. Though. Yeah, she really should. But um, So yeah, uh, going as 11, and I, I MC our Halloween party at the office every year, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty excited to be standing up there dressed like a little uh, preteen female. I'm going to look great. I'm excited about it. Speaking of how office Halloween party, you guys got robbed last year. I know. I don't want to talk about it. But then some, some, one of our teams went as Reading Rainbow, like an actual Reading Rainbow, which was pretty cool as a whole team. So I still think the Ghostbusters was cool. You walked around with a colander on your head. Come I, on. I did. I did. I uh, it was Vince Clortho of Ghostbusters lore. Um, Rick Moranis. Yeah. I, yeah. That looks great. Anyway, right. we've rambled. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys this episode <laughs> and enjoys Halloween. And thank you so much. I'm glad you're feeling better, Andrea. Thank you. Uh-huh. Any parting words you want to say? Stay nerdy. Oh, fantastic. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace.
History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.